crazy country bumpkins. Welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Christian. Let's go. Tolbert. Hello. And Michael Mauer. Big Mike. What's up? What's up? What's up? Mike, uh, you sound a little nasally, a little little tired today. What did you do yesterday? Uh, I mean, I played 18 holes of golf very poorly. And then we had our rugby Christmas party. In the meantime, in the middle of that, I actually went to another kid's Christmas or a birthday party. Um, so it was it was an interesting day of fatherhood yesterday. Well, well, tell me a little bit about first. Let's let's hear about the golf. How how was golf? Are you feeling more relaxed? Uh, I mean, so golf went okay. I played like shit, but I did birdie eighteen, so I was happy with that. Um, but I went in with the mindset of I wasn't trying to score low. I was trying to set a good base for later in the day. So, you know, you go in with a mission and a goal. And if you achieve that goal, that's all that matters. So I had, I had a good la- base layer down for the rugby Christmas party. So you were already a little, yeah, wait, wait, but, but there, you sobered up during the child's Christmas party, correct? Unfortunately. Yeah. So this was a third birthday party for uh, one of Elliot's classmates and uh, there was no alcohol at the party. Which I'm not saying like we need to like do shots or anything, but like there was no beer. Ha- have a beer, yeah, like just just some beer anywhere. So even as somebody that does not drink, I know to provide beer at a child's birthday party. Like people don't want to. And let, let let's be real, kids are dicks, and you're surrounded by these children, and you're angry and you're anxious. You don't want kids to get hurt, and uh, you gotta have something to take the edge off. I'll, uh, I'll I'll tell you what I did find out though is that kids these days are soft, soft, soft. S a w f t. Soft. Um, Hudson, you know, like a champ, walks in front of the kids as they're swinging, just eats one right to the face, right? <laughs> so he falls down, he's crying, but the kid that hit him, like, starts crying and had to go get held by his mother because. He was like emotionally upset that he had hit Hudson. Meanwhile, like I pick Hudson up, you know, rub his noggin a little bit, tell him he's good, give him a pat on the ass, and he's off doing his whatever he had to do. Um, Hudson is a is a resilient uh, bowling ball of a child. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a neutron star. He's very dense, um, and maybe that's why he just absorbed the energy and, and was able to kind of move on with his with his day. He's like but a bag that, of quick creep. <laughs> Don't get him wet. Don't get him moist. When yeah, the humidity's a little bit different, the humidity makes him hard as a rock. And then um, and then another kid, like they had a little bounce house and Elliot's in there bouncing with this kid and the kid gets like double jumped. And I don't know if it like scared him or what, but like he like flies backwards onto his back as if he hmm. got shot. Um, and uh, again, emotional turmoil ensues. And I'm like, oh, man, what do I like? I'm the only adult near this kid. and He's crying. I'm like, Elliot, ask him if he's OK. <laughs> so Elliot's like, Jack, ask him, you okay? <laughs> ask him, <laughs> uh, But yeah, then the kid's mom had to come get him. And he's just like emotion, like having a meltdown. I'm like, what is going on? Now, so did this kid know. take a back bump inside the bounce house? 
Yeah. He bounced there, and bounced. Like, that's there's the no job. pain. The that, there's goal, no pain. The whole goal of the bounce house is to bounce, and he got bounced. And uh, it just sent him off the rails. I just, like, I was so taken aback by the whole situation. Maybe, I don't know, maybe my kids aren't as soft as I thought they were. There you go. There, you're, you were raising two uh, hard-as-a-rock young killers that, that your children are. Everyone's just constantly hard at the Mauer household. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him. All right. So, so now we get to the main event. Uh, Mike, tell me a little bit about the, the rugby Christmas party. Was it a little bit more tame than usual? Sometimes um, knives, uh, hatchets get thrown. People get shit faced. People get kicked out of bars. Uh, we were asked to not come back. Somebody pissed out of a door frame last time. I believe uh, one time, last time, someone punted a 12-pack of Bush Light in the middle of one of our sponsors' brew pubs, and beers went everywhere. I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and that was completely my fault. For the Dirty Santa that year, I purchased a hatchet and a 12-pack of Natty Light to give to somebody. Mayor, our friend, uh, got that hatchet and a uh, 12 pack of beer. And then he kicked it in the middle of a brew pub. That was also a restaurant at the time. And it was an awkward, awkward time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely more tame this year. Luckily, Donnie had forgotten about the whole beer hatchet issue. Um, Cause he asked if we were doing a gift exchange. I said, man, we're going to be looking at like 50 people. I don't feel like running that thing or organizing it. Cause it's no fun for whoever's trying to do that. So we did not do a gift exchange this year. I will say um, Donnie gave the mic to a drunk girl from the women's club and she was just screaming into this microphone, all this sort of stuff like about their, I mean, they had like superlatives, like end of the year awards and that sort of stuff, which is fine, but she's hammered and like shrieking um, to the point where like Greg, the nicest, one of the nicest <laughs> men on our team, looks at me. He goes, I can't fucking take this. <laughs> so I, um, you know, being the president, sometimes you gotta, you gotta take, take charge. And I, I walk up and I was like, Hey, can I see that real quick? And she gives it to me and I fucking walk away. <laughs> and I give it back to Donnie. I said, don't give this to anybody else. Um, that was about the, the only real major excitement. It was good to see everybody, see some teammates that we haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, around the holidays, everybody, you know, kind of disperses a little bit. So it was, it was good. And then, um, Headed downtown for my, you know, quarterly night on the town, I think is about what happens every couple months. Boys, uh, Big Mike went to Coglins last night. Oh, God. Oh, oh. I, I had no idea what it was. I was just kind of following the pack of people I was with. I was uh, like, Coglins. What I wouldn't give to see Big Mike uh, hammered out of his mind, dancing to Tears for Fears. I, as, I uh, say, or Purple Rain. <laughs> or I, Purple I, I Rain. I was not hammered and I was not dancing. I was daddy stroking it. Just kind of like. <laughs> I believe there is a uh, there is a um, a three six mafia song that says just twisted my body from side to side, twisted my body from side to side. I did run into a gentleman um, a little bit smaller than me, but still pretty big guy. And I was talking to him about rugby. I, I tried to pull an Aaron Barnum with him. Um, I just caught him a bitch. I, I, I didn't because I didn't know him. I did not just get into his face and call him a bitch and tell him he would be a bitch if he didn't play rugby. But I said, hey, man, you don't look like a pussy. You should play rugby. And wait, wait, kept, you you said you look like a pussy. 
<laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I told this guy, you don't look like one, so you should play rugby. And if you don't, then maybe. And just kept, like, inferring it. Uh, I don't know if he'll be out to practice or not. But he won't. He won't. He won't. That only works once every five yeah. years. He's like, hey, do you want to continue not getting any? Yeah, play rugby. <laughs> this guy's married with five children. Uh, uh, yeah. so, so anything else, Mike? Um, apparently, I scared my Uber driver because it was pouring down rain, and I – instinctively just go to get in the front seat. Cause I always sit in the front seat of Ubers because there's no leg room ever. And I get in there and she's like, Oh, this is, this isn't going to go the way you think it is. I was like, what, what? And she's like, can you sit in the back? I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just normally sit in the front cause the leg room. And she's like, okay, but can you get in the, I'm like, yeah, sure. And I, so I get out pouring rain and just like switch like Chinese fire drill and go, go in the back seat. I'm like, okay, thank you lady. Her name was Gloria. Uh, well, we're glad that this is not going to be like an episode of uh, uh, The Simpsons where it's Mr. Simpson. No. Uh, and you're getting the, the gummy Venus de Milo off of somebody. We, I'm, I'm glad that that's not happening uh, for, for Big Mike. He was not accused of anything. He yeah. got into the back seat, and this awful Uber driver took him. Don't you think you're just going like, to unzip your pants as soon as you I, got in the I honestly <laughs> have no <laughs> idea. What? She's like, this has happened before. This is- <laughs> This is not going down again. Not again. The man's too large for me. <laughs> not again. Seven-year-old Uber driver, you know, is getting come on to all the time. Mr. Mauer, no. <laughs> oh, no. I was just like, yeah, sure, I guess, lady. Fine. <laughs> I'm paying you $30 to take me five miles. Mike was like, damn it. $30 is Uber that expensive now? Yeah, I mean, around midnight in Wilmington. Yeah, like, dude, I see it all the time around. So if you, if you don't get an Uber by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you're going to, A, wait 20 minutes for it, and B, pay at least 25 to $50 for it. Now, wouldn't that actually be more advantageous for the cab drivers? Like, th- doesn't that make the, the cab more? Uh, no. <laughs> no? Like, no. so the cab and are so not making up, a comeback? No, and so what ends up happening is it... it two o'clock hits and you still have 50 people in the bar that can't get a ride home. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go, you guys got to (laughs) leave. It was like, go down to the pizza place. Yeah. I was like, you got to go outside. (laughs) It's it's like when you're at the after school program and you're hanging out with all the kids that nobody wants to pick up. Like, and they're just taking their time to pick them up. (laughs) (laughs) It's you and the kid that eats crayons. And uh, because your parents had to go to the grocery store before they picked you up and they're always like oh man they canceled <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like and that happened last night it's like you're you finished cleaning the bars pushing four in the morning and you're leaving for your car and they're still standing outside <laughs> damn <laughs> have a good night <laughs> <laughs> no i promise my dad my dad loves me he's gonna pick me up i promise he just forgot <laughs> all right christian uh cookie Yes, I, I gotta keep calling you Christian because that's what I'm seeing up there. Cookie, what did you do this it. week? How how has the end of your semester been? Um, man, it's it's been rewarding. I've been I've been studying a lot, you know, and um, yeah, I did okay on my papers and whatnot. It wasn't a great first semester, but I got it was not it. a great first semester. What what do you what do you mean, Cookie? Like grade wise, like grade wise, it wasn't great. What what was the lowest grade you got? Uh. Let's see here. I got a like what I got. I got a C on my final paper. What the fuck? 
I was so pissed about it, bro. I was so pissed. No, no, no. You got to hear me out. Like this professor literally told me that I can use a certain type of method in this paper. And when I used it, I got criticized for it. And I got a lot of points taken off for it. Did you fuck up the method? Like, I didn't. I mean, I, I made it more personal. And he, I guess, wanted it to be more professional. But I was told that you could make it personal. So that's why I was just annoyed because, like, I was hearing two different things. And I went with one, got a C for it. But like all in all, like the like that that one half of the paper, I got a lot of points taken off, but the latter half, it was perfect. So literally, if I would have just done done that one thing differently, yeah. I would have gotten an A on the paper. So Cookie, what was this paper about? Um, it was about the theory of human behavior change. All right, next, uh, Tober, what do you got going on? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Go backwards. Whoa, 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 Aaron. Aaron, wait, before I go, we need to have an intervention because I promised Jasmine that I would have an intervention with you. Whoa, 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 wait. You promised Jasmine what? That you would have an intervention today. It was supposed to be last week, Aaron, but someone canceled the podcast. So sorry, folks at home. Podcast, no podcast last week. Aaron doesn't get his intervention. This week, you got to get your intervention, Aaron. Okay, what, what is this intervention about? Jasmine's laughing her ass off, of, like, in another room. I hope she knows, because she probably knows what I'm going to tell you. Because I told her, I promised her I would talk to you about this, Aaron. Listen, uh, when it comes to the dishwasher, Aaron, how do you rack the dishwasher, huh? How do you rack that top shelf? So, for the dishwasher, okay, so I load the dishwasher the way that I see fit, which is a... I have a different kind of brain length than everybody else. Wavelength mm. is everybody else. And I just fit shit in to fit shit in. And I, it, we we got to get it in a load if we can get it in a load. It doesn't have to be all fancy and shit. But mm, glasses okay. go on the second rack, Barnum. What Not does? I, I usually put glasses there, but if there's room on the bottom and there's no room at the top, you put stuff from the top on the bottom. Yeah, but Aaron, you put the dish, you put it, at an angle, you don't put it sideways like that. Well, it fit at the time. You listen, Aaron. Listen, I, it we, fell we over. And, and I'm, I'm giving you. I'm. I'm saying that Jasmine uh, doctored that photo and fucked it up. She doctored the photo. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, this is Jasmine. So she needs. Crazy. She needs the intervention, not you. I know. First step is denial. Like first thing is denial in in these sort of uh, issues. I, I will say that I my, my dishwashing loading ability is fine. Ooh, I just heard her say no, not at all. I, I feel like I just heard her say something. She but did. She's yelling. Exactly. I, I hope I hope and that next week or next time I come in, whatever, that we have a proper intervention because this can't happen anymore. Are you going to teach me how to, to load a dishwasher? Exactly. The 28 year old C on a paper. Oh, fuck you. Who's getting called? Who's getting called? Call. Put it on mute. Cookie. Who has their phone on a ringer? Who has cookie? What millennial has their phone ringer on? Still? I don't think I don't even know my phone ringtone. That was my face. Who's was, trying to FaceTime you? That's why I didn't wake up when you tried to call me earlier, Varno. Yeah, I don't have my phone ringer on either. <laughs> Nobody does. It was, it was your favorite person in the world. It was Diaz. He was trying to FaceTime me. Oh, Diaz congratulated me yesterday, and I'm like, oh, thanks, Diaz. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Now yeah, you feel like an asshole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that piece of shit was nice to me. I'm kidding, Diaz, if you're listening, which you're not. But if you were, 
we I, I'm just it, I, I don't know how to take you sometimes. I love you. And then I hate you. It's an abusive relationship. He's just misunderstood. That's all. <laughs> all right. So I will be working on that in the future. I will try to um, be a good loader of the dishwasher. That's all we ask. Uh, thank, thank you. So, Tolbert, uh, Tolbert, you look like you have gotten a full uh, few hours of sleep. So that four. means the baby yeah. is not here yet. Yeah, I got four hours of sleep. Um, I have to say, like, bartending life, I, I guess, would be pretty good training to be a father because of the lack of sleep um, with a newborn on the way. But, uh, yeah, that's all we've been doing, man. We've been waiting on this baby. Um, some of my coworkers decided to take vacation during this uh, <laughs> this month. So I've just been working a lot. That's good. Getting it out of the way. <laughs> you're getting your money. Well, yeah, getting money. But also, I'm, I'm running solo behind the bar all week. And if I get a phone call <laughs> that Katie's water is broken. Um, Kate Fear's I'm closing leaving. down. That's what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. I'm, I'm leaving. I was like, good luck getting Ubers, y'all. I'm out of here. <laughs> so at this point, Tolbert is that meme. He's got the stick in his hand and he's poking uh, Katie's stomach and saying, like, do something. Yeah, stuff stuff is happening. Um, it's very interesting seeing the, prog- the progression of it all. Um, it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, stuff is happening, but it's not go time yet. But we're getting close. At, at this point, does it look like those horror movies where you look at the wall and you can see the face print coming out of the wall? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that was a couple weeks ago. Now she's making her way downward. You know, <laughs> it's moving. Yeah. <laughs> Look, wild stuff, man. Wild stuff. Never thought I'd be here, man. Yeah, we, we didn't either. So uh, we're, <laughs> congratulations, Tolbert. Hey, Tolbert. So so for the for future reference, we're, we have to come up with something. I mean, we could always call Zane Dawson a, as a part of this to take your uh, to take your place for a few weeks as our sit in. Uh, but but Tolbert, are you going to uh, can you please at least call us from the the uh, the O.R.? And uh, and give us an update. If, of if, course, you know, uh, Mister Mister Zane Dawson's having a baby here himself. That that's so, right. So oh, you know, he might wait. be out as well. So our kids might train together. George South might train our kids together. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's right, buddy. In eighteen years, George South's gonna still be working WrestleCade. Still, <laughs> still got a jacket on. Still has a jacket on. Still has a uh, we don't know, though, man. Now, now that George South is the king of the death match, we saw him take on Kobe Carino and uh, or he says Kobe Carina and uh, <laughs> Carina. Carina. Uh, we, we saw a couple weeks ago the day after uh, that, that Tolbert and I left WrestleCade, George South had a match with uh, light tubes and barbed wire. And we got to, we, we did not get to see it. So. Next year, we'll do WrestleCade Sunday. Uh, I don't believe so. Tolbert, do you know how hard it was to get WrestleCade Saturday from you this year? But yes, uh, my child will be here, though. Are, are you? Can we bring your child, put little like headphones on like, like Mike used to do? <laughs> like, Absolutely. Do you see how many freaking kids were there a couple weeks ago? Jesus, there was like an infant in front of us. No ear protection. Redneck ass parents. That baby loved it, though. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's shining lights and loud noises. The kids got to love that, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So this past week, uh, the, the, the reason why we did not have a podcast last week. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. I should have let you know uh, ahead of time. 
but I had to finish up my final uh, paper slash portfolio slash defense for my master's degree. And uh, I passed. I passed. I, I had my defense this week. If you guys know what that is, that is a, a thing that, that that some master's degree have to go through. You're with a board of four to five different staff members and faculty from the college. You have to kind of explain uh, what you researched, why you researched it, and kind of give a defense about it. So I did that. I got to talk to a bunch of academic people about professional wrestling. Exactly only one of them gave a shit about it because she herself was a a professional wrestling fan. So I had one professional wrestling fan on my defense and she actually asked me intricate questions about professional wrestling. She was like, "Okay, so I I was a big fan until the WCW and WWE merger. I was a big fan of blah, blah, blah. So she got to ask me. She asked me about the diversity and inclusion that has happened over the last 20 years. And uh, I got to talk about AEW's push towards inclusivity and a lot of things like that. But then I also got to talk about professional wrestling fans and how much I don't like them. But the boys finally got to read some of the paper, look at some of the stuff that I did research of. It's not as bad as uh, I'd like to think that it was. We'll tweet that out this week, my final portfolio, if anybody wants to take a gander at professional wrestling uh, academic research. But with that being said, I passed it. And yesterday, while everybody else was having fun, I had to walk across the stage because Howard Varnum says, you're walking across that stage. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. I guess I will walk across that stage. (laughs) So that was my uh, big to-do yesterday. I graduated. I am now a master of integrated marketing communication. Aaron, were you not going to walk across the stage? No. Why? I don't like like crowds, one. I don't like crowds in a pandemic, two. Uh, It's just another circle jerk sort of thing, you know? You feel like you're fine. But Howard Varnum said, and I quote, you walk it across that stage, and then we're going to eat. (laughs) Say less. <laughs> he just wanted to come into town and get some barbecue. Uh, well, we, we went to Henry's yesterday. We, we Ooh, ate at Henry's. Henry's. Yeah, it, it, that was the place that Howard wanted to go to. So he's like, he, he tells my brother, he's like, Adrian, you put in a reservation. We go into Henry's. I want to eat a hanger steak. <laughs> so yesterday we, we walked across the stage. So. Apparently, there's a big ceremony. There's like hundreds of people. My department had its own small ceremony. So that only took about an hour. We did that instead of the big ceremony. And then we went to Henry's wheels up. As soon as we were done, I threw the, 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 the gown off, the hat off, got in the car, wheels up to Henry's. And we had hanger steak and a delicious get together with my parents. So since you're a master of marketing, specialties and, and whatever you said uh, is our po- podcast going to get better now? Is this going to take so, us up? So, do we have to pay you now? So, so it's, it's less about the podcast getting better. Perhaps maybe uh, the integrated marketing and communication of the podcast will get better. So All whatever right. that means, I, I took in a year and a half and, and I don't know really what it means yet. And I'm still no, we're getting, thinking about it. We're getting integrated boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were already integrated. Yeah, We've been integrated since day one. <laughs> we'll say, I mean, Kiki, how much longer you got for your degree? 
Uh, I got another, you know, year and what a half. <laughs> Big milestones. Tober, you ever gonna go to college? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> From the streets. <laughs> I mean, we can work on a nice associate's degree for Tolbert, right? <laughs> you gotta have an ear to the street building certificate. <laughs> uh, Tolbert, can you go take some like night classes at Cape Fear Community College to better or, like learn how to weld or something? <laughs> <laughs> what I would give to see Tolbert with the mask on and his beard hanging under the 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 welder's mask, <laughs> and and it would be a hell of a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. So I I was able to walk yesterday. I am now a master of integrated marketing communication. Folks, with that, uh, I decided instead of our usual pick one person episode, uh, I wanted to talk about academia and professional wrestling, much like I studied in professional wrestling this this past year and a half, the academic uh, area of professional wrestling. So. This week, I chose three very academic scholars to focus on. And I want to say something. Professional wrestling has always felt like, you know, more of a base level person, big fans of it, the blue collar mentality behind it. And you're looking at all three of these characters and all three of these characters are heels. People don't like smart people in professional wrestling. I don't get it. I thought you guys Aaron, were going to add something. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I am going to add something to that, Aaron, because like you, you shouldn't be a wrestling fan now because you're educated, correct? Now that I'm educated, I'm not allowed to enjoy professional. I have to look at professional wrestling at a different level now yeah, than all I, you other marks out there. I, I think I think it kind of bodes into what what's going on around the, the country currently, which is that war on intellectualism. And, you know, you get all these dumb rednecks who watch wrestling and they hate smart people. They, okay, so I, I, well, I will I will take that note and I will I will accept that criticism that smart people are, are not um, you, you smart, you schooled people. Well, I think it goes deeper than that. I can think it goes a little deeper than just dumb rednecks. Also, uh, <laughs> you know, just in, in that culture, you know, college is not pushed on those people. You go you graduate school. If you if you make it through, you go to work and you watch wrestling every week. You go you work know, in your and, Diddy's and, and lawn you care these, service and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. So it's just not a thing. And you see like someone come in and be like, oh, look at this fancy college boy thing. He's better than everybody because he can <laughs> read books. this this sounds like uh actual criticisms that tolbert has had about professional wrestling we want the down home hard working you know country boy saves the day beats up that smart ass heel you know baby face what have you i mean you look at it though terry funk went to college i mean we we don't know if he graduated but terry funk went to college and and College went to Terry Funk. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, so noted. And I think he just went to play the, uh, the, he, he went to go study that, that orange, uh, ball, you know, yeah. he, he wanted to go play football. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we are talking about some of the geniuses in professional wrestling this week. Well, genius. We might want to, that's a loose term that we might want to use. <laughs> smart, smart, them smart people, <laughs> them educated people in professional wrestling this week. Let's talk about some wrestling. He never gets much credit. He only takes the blame. Everywhere he goes, he just finds more of the same. All right, so I I said genius, Mike. 
Mike, you are a, a smart, educated man yourself. Uh, you have got Hulk Hogan versus the genius. That is correct. We got the genius, Lanny, Lonnie, Lanny, 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 Lanny Poffo. Um, this took place on November 25th, 1989, Saturday night's main event, Topeka, Kansas. Mm. All right. So this match is. You do know that Topeka, Kansas, they hate smart people more than anybody else in this country. Uh, I can I can see that. Yes. Um, and so the lead up to this is that it is a WWF heavyweight title, a world heavyweight championship. Um, we open with Jesse Ventura looking just excellent, just just perfect. When I think Jesse Ventura, this is how I think of him. So we open with him and Lonnie Papa, Lanny um, in his regalia. Um, tassel to the right does that mean he graduated or uh to the right but but we don't know it could have been yeah so it's supposed to be to the left if he graduated but looking at that gown the sleeves on that gown indicate that he is a he's a professor or or he he has a a phd yes doctoral sleeves um anyway he he opens with a poem not not as good as a tolbert haiku i will say um, a little weird. Apparently, this is Lanny's thing. Um, did you guys know that Lanny has a book of limericks, multiple yes. books of limericks? And yes, I did, actually. One, one of which um, is based on anti-smoking. Um, <laughs> limericks from the heart and lungs. Um, but before yeah. we go anywhere else, do you know who Lanny's brother is? Yes, I'm well aware that he's Macho Man's brother. Okay, just making sure. Um, but... The poem just like didn't hit. Like, uh, give me, give me a promo, man. Don't. I mean, I guess that's his heel character work because I, I couldn't even get his rhyming pattern down. I didn't know what was going on. Um, it was very much just a. I believe it was an A B A B rhyme scheme. No, because uh, it, it like skipped a couple and then he he threw it back a couple times. Um, it was just it just it worked. If you're trying to get heat, what's up, Cook? You look astonished. Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm I'm looking at him and he he's creeping me out, Mike. I don't know he, if he, he did you did he creep you out at all the way he was just hundred percent. He like stares. One, he's got this what looks just for men beard and hair, and he's just staring into the camera while he's doing this. I actually sent you guys a screenshot of it. Um, yes. He's giving, like he just stares with like like rapist eyes. Honestly, um, he looks like the lead singer of he, uh, Alabama. He's very Crowley. He's very flamboyant in the way he he talks and walks and comes out real like hoity-toity um as you said he is the heel um then we get your classic hulk hogan promo you know he mentions how lonnie might be lanny might be uh you know educated but he doesn't have he doesn't know the math that you know hulk mania and hulk maniacs and fucking 24 inch pythons and all that sort of shit um (laughs) sounds about right i just can't i just can't do hulk hogan man I just, I, know. I, know. I can't either. Even, even knowing that he's just a bigot and a racist, like who now walks with a cane, like oh, even, really? even if I didn't know all that, I would still just think like, this guy just doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and so we get, you know, finally we get in the ring. It's, it's kind of a, you know, it Lanny Pofo, Lanny Pafo, whatever the fuck his name is, um, leaping Lanny, uh, is a little higher flyer, right? So he's got some of those moves definitely contrasts with Hulk Hogan's, just you know his work rate and all that sort of thing 
Um, at one point, Hogan tosses him, like literally tosses him through <laughs> the middle rope to the ground. Um, later on, he also tosses him over the top rope straight to the ground. So, you know, props to Lanny for doing all that sort of stuff. But um, he, I just can't get over how flamboyant and just like, I don't know. There's one thing that I do appreciate with Lanny uh, throughout the match, like Hogan would do something, but he would never do it twice to somebody to, to Lanny because Lanny being such a genius learned from it and was able okay. to evolve his game plan on the fly. I thought that was kind of fun. He's so actual- smart that he learned uh, what, what was going to happen and he didn't do it again. Was that actual like character work? Like he, I believe that's what I think. So, because I think Jesse, the uh, Jesse, the body Ventura actually mentioned, he's like, he's learning. He's learning. Yeah. Um, he, at one point, Lanny does go out and do some math. I think he actually writes out a mathematics prof proof and, uh, and like figures out a way to beat Hulk Hogan. Um, apparently that involved um, Mr. Perfect coming out and putting gum on the heavyweight title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not and, gum. <laughs> and uh, it distracted Hogan enough that um, Lenny was able to, you know, just get in some work and get the count out. And, and they ran away with the titles and they won. Hulk Hogan lost, but he didn't lose clean. Uh, but it's still an L. And uh, Lanny Poffo is a victor over yeah, Hulk apparently, Hogan. Apparently he had a good little run with the title thing. I was reading up. He, him and Mr. Perfect had a tag team match against Hulk Hogan and ultimate warrior later on that year. Um, yeah. I just, this, this match just didn't, I was just, I don't know, man. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I didn't like it. I'm with it's you. Like, Mike. He does random stuff for no reason. Like he's doing cartwheels yeah. I'm watching right now and I don't, I don't get it. Like, and he's, and again, he's just, he, he's, he might not be gay, but he's gayer than Effie in the, like <laughs> when it comes to just, how he's working and what he's doing, man. It's so weird. It's just weird. Uh, and I know he's doing it to get heat and all that sort of stuff. And you're going to get heat in Topeka, Kansas, 1989 with that, I guess. But um, it was an interesting dive. I did not know that this character existed. Yeah. And, and when I was doing it yesterday, like putting together the, the rundown yesterday, I was like, you know what? We're going to we're going to talk about academia. So let's do some academic wrestlers. And, and of course, uh, the genius Lanny Poffo. It is a yeah, I, you either love it or you hate it. it. It's very interesting and very out of the, the norm for professional apparently, wrestling. Apparently they booked him super strong, though. Like he was like undefeated going into this. Um, he held the title a little bit. I mean, it's just. It's just watching it again right now. It's just like it's just <laughs> something doesn't man. make any sense. It's just it's just something perplexed uh any social media this week um i gave you a shout out on your your graduation um what, what did i call the memoir the uh, self-hate or something <laughs> yeah uh you know so you had an amazing amazing tweet and i agree with travis that it should have gone viral um you tweeted out a picture of cody Rhodes burnt back and made reference to x chair <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even tag X chair and then X chair comments on it Come with on, the Aaron. flame emoji with. Yeah. Like it was perfect. It was chef's kiss. It should have, it should have went somewhere. It should have done something. So if, um, if, if you guys are not familiar with X chair, it is one of the sponsors of AEW dynamite. Every week we get a beautiful uh, commercial about these way too expensive chairs that are coming in 
and, and people that are wrestling fans who sit at their home all the time in their parents' basement need a good ergonomic fix for their back and uh, while they're playing video games and not um, contributing to society. So the X chair uh, then has, has recently introduced a, a self-heated chair. So I, I thought that, you know, these fat people are sitting in their chairs and they, they, they're going to burn their backs. Um, but that, that's about it on Twitter. Uh, again, Aaron apparently will be tweeting out a link to his um, research and his work. Um, I, na- I classified it. Uh, I titled it My, My Wrestling Fandom, A Memoir of Self-Hate by Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. I hate wrestling fans. Uh, that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, uh, the genius. I wish that I could have gotten you to make a limerick for this with the uh, the rhyme scheme of A, B, C, A, because the last one. Yeah, that, that's how that rhyme scheme goes. Uh, but thank you, Mike. Yeah. for the strong style i guess it's strong style you have got the one two three kid against one dean douglas yeah you you hit it around the head Aaron. you said i think it's strong style uh it's the intellectual style yeah academia academia style Ac- academic style academic style sorry i apologize the high we got the highest of the high class though in academics we have mr dean douglas and i imagine he could have become a doctor Aaron, if he tried I, he, he literally could have. He could have. But he wanted to entertain the masses and help the masses as soon as possible. He's going up against the feeble-bodied one-two-three kid. Feeble-bodied? Now, uh, Aaron, talk to me about the gown that you wore during your graduation. Did it resemble Dean Douglas's? No, his is very colorful. He's got that light blue. Mine was was all black, and uh, I I just they just gave me a hood. No exclamation point at all on the no. back? No, I, which that was kind of neat. I wish that UNCW would implement that. Yeah, yeah, Aaron. Wow, man. Like, I mean, like, just wow. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, but um, before we even get to the match, I saw one of my favorite signs that I think I've ever seen in this world, and it said, "Dean Douglas, noun. One, an extraordinary intellectual. Yes. Two, a superstar with flawless athleticism. Yes. And three. The next WWF champion. No. <laughs> he got two. Maybe two out of the three. Maybe one out of the three. We're not sure yet. But the next WWF champion, Aaron. Yeah, it didn't happen. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think any of that happened. Um, during the match, though, we found out that this is the in-ring debut of Dean Douglas. <laughs> now, let's go ahead and get to the countdown. Cookies, intellectual top four, number one. Now, as an astute observationist like myself and a future doctor, I might add, I found it rather odd that Dean Douglas didn't prepare for Mr. Kidd's barrage of kicks, which also always seemed to miss the target. So that would be minus one apple uh, for improper strategizing and preparation. Geniuses do not bother themselves with empty calories or cookies, as they're most commonly referred to. Uh, Cookie, I was I'm I'm actually surprised that you didn't start this off with Oxford Dictionary defines. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. Next time. Number two. It's okay. Uh, Scholars like myself do the necessary research on their assignments, Aaron. 
Uh, and there's no exception with Dean Douglas. Aaron, did you know that Dean Douglas beat Razor Ramon at In Your House not long after this match on Superstars via interference from Mr. Kid? No. No? Okay. He was set to face Shawn Michaels, but of course, Shawn forfeited the title due to injuries sustained from being attacked and beaten by a Marine. So that was actually the famous he lost his smile promo. That was the loss of smile when he got his ass beat by a Marine. After, right after that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Dean Douglas gains the title via forfeit. The reign lasted, Aaron. Did you know how long it lasted? No. You guess. His reign lasted 20 minutes as he <laughs> lost to Razor Ramon shortly after obtaining the belt. Oh. Later, we learned that Shawn Michaels suffered no real injuries. <laughs> he simply just did not want to drop the belt. <laughs> What a piece of shit with his, <laughs> with his hair slicked back. So uh, intellectuals would consider this cowardice behavior, but on the streets that, you know, myself and Tolbert alike grew up on, we call this pussy shit. <laughs> minus, <laughs> minus one apple. Number three. Mr. Wait, how, does, how does he... Shawn Michaels. That has nothing to do with this. Why are you minusing an apple for that? Because, Iron, I said an astute observationist like myself, we do our research on the people that we have or we're assigned to. So, Dean Douglas has to get minus one apple because he allowed his reign to last 20 minutes. All right. Okay. Ah, deep, deep cuts. Ew. Number three. Mr. Kid was flying around the ring like the Young Bucks would say. Uh, and we saw like a, you know, a miniature plancha off the top rope, fumbled the landing a little bit, saw a flying senton off the top rope onto nobody at all. It was quite impressive. The crowd seemed to favor the quickness of the kid. They were chanting one, two, three, one, two, three. It was something to see for the early 90s. But minus one apple, Aaron. And you want to know why? Because fuck them kids. That's why. <laughs> Going to my honorable mentions. Thank you. You know what kept the one, two, three kid out of college? High school. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for that, though. That was Jerry the King Waller. Anyway, going on. <laughs> they, the King actually contributing. He did. He did. Finally. Uh, I think it's because there was no uh, lovely ladies in the crowd. No, no. The Dean should have known that his WWF run was going to be a bust when Vincent Mann said, and I quote, and this was after they showed the picture of uh, Dean Douglas and the definition of Dean Douglas and how he's become, going to become a champion. So Vincent Mann says, oh, my goodness, Dean Douglas as the next WWF champion as if it was preposterous because he knew Aaron. Aaron, Vincent Mann knew. And did you, Aaron, did you know I, I did some more research on him? Did you know that Dean Douglas actually got fired over back spasms? He had no. a legitimate reasons. He got fired from the company because he was legitimately having like severe back spasms. And Vince thought he was bullshitting. So he fired him immediately. And Dean Douglas said that he would never, ever work for Vince McMahon again. And would you know the next time he worked for anyone, it would be for Paul Heyman and ECW. That's right. Going into the franchise, Shane Douglas. Exactly. So I, I gave that plus one cookie because this is the genesis of uh, what was it? Was it? What was it? Shane. Shane, Shane Douglas. Douglas. The Shane franchise. Douglas. 
The franchise. Yes, the franchise. Um, anyway, Mr. Varnum, would you consider yourself one of those unruly pupils that sat in the back of class and des- disrupted the whole class like the royal king talked about? So I, I at first in my academic career, yes. But then I realized that I, I'm better sitting up front because otherwise I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. So so front of the class. I was a front of the class guy. OK, OK. But you were an unruly kid at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to have stuff signed by my parents all the time. And it had uh, the, the mascot of our uh, of my elementary school, so a uh, tiger. But the tiger was frowning and I had to get my mom to sign this paper that said that I interrupted class by literally hitting my head against the desk to get kids attention and, and try to take the attention away from my teacher. I would also make fart noises. Um, one time I wrote a story in elementary school, and this was in the exceptional, exceptionally gifted, the EG classes, right? So I was, I was one of the smart kids in, in the school, but I was at the lower end of that spectrum. So I, I wrote this story about this guy who kissed pigs and uh, he, he had a very large head. And, and instead of kissing these pigs, it was called kiss a hog. Instead of kissing these pigs, his big head would actually crush the pig and kill the, the pig. Right. So this was the origin of of the, the Grand Canyon, because he saw this this rock formation that looked like Miss Piggy. So he tried to kiss this pig and it, it hit and created this crater, which was then the. Um, the, the Grand Canyon. And, and my teacher read this. Everybody loved it in my class. My teacher read this story and literally wrote a, a letter to my parents that said, Aaron Varnum needs professional help from a child psychologist. So my mom uh, booked me to go see a child psychologist. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so while you were doing that, I was writing stuff down much like and taking notes, uh, much like Dean Douglas would. Aaron, I'm going to put a note, uh, put a pin in this. Uh, I'm going to sign it. And when I do become a doctor, I'm going to hand this off to another professional so that you can get that help that you need there. Thank okay? you. Thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, when you become a doctor, though, do you, you have to hang those C average papers on the wall? <laughs> minus one apple, Tober. Minus one apple for you. Just for you saying that bullshit. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, moving on. Oh, there goes my ego. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so I was going to talk about, well, you took that a different direction there. I was going to ask you if you wore the dunce cap and if that was a thing when you were. Yeah, yeah I basically did. Yeah, you did wear it. Basically. Yeah. OK. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, now, the, the, the dean probably would have taken out his uh, trusty board of education to deal with you, Aaron. But uh, I'll take pity instead. You've grown, Mr. Varnum, from a nerdy wrestling fan with a dunce cap on your head, talking about pigs and other ungodly behavior. Pigs! You know, at, at, 10, what, at 10 o'clock in the morning over here is where it is. So I, I, I don't even know what to do with that. But anyway, you've grown from that to a nerdy wrestling fan with a master's degree and a graduation cap. So cheers to you. I'm going to give you plus one cookie just for that, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Cookie. Yes, 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 yes. Um, anyway. Number four. I'm starting to believe that this Dean Douglas fellow is an imposter. Uh, he does not possess the right credentials to be considered. Uh, how would you say this? Uh, smart. Um, take this, for example. He had control of Mr. Kid 
by using a chin lock and then followed this up with a swinging neck breaker. The so-called Dean had him pinned, but before the ref counted three, he broke the count. He repeats the same behavior after a stiff clothesline. So uh, he's no longer Dean in my eyes because he could have won the match twice, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, so he's no longer a Dean. Uh, he's just Douglas. That's it. Simply Douglas. So dipshit Douglas, you get minus one apple uh, for that. Finally, Razor Ramon makes an appearance after being talked about pretty much during this entire match uh, without making any kind of appearance. They were just they just kept talking about Razor Ramon, Razor Ramon. And finally, he comes out to a strong reaction, puts an end to this steaming pile of horse manure that Mr. Barnum called a fucking wrestling match. And he, uh, he puts an end to it via disqualification. Mr. Barnum, what do you have to say for yourself? This was seven minutes and 50 seconds of pretty much shitty high-flying maneuvers from one, two, three kid. And I don't even know what to call Dean Douglas's wrestling style. Oh, well, I mean, like we can we can watch Shane Douglas match in the future. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say for myself. I just know that that academia and professional wrestling, they don't like academia. They don't, Aaron. They don't. I think the one move that I saw in this match that was worth even talking about besides the fucking swinging neck breaker was an atomic drop. Yep. And uh, for those at home and Mike alike, the atomic drop is basically uh, where you knee your opponent in the ass. <laughs> thank, that's, that's, you. thank you pretty much that's all i got um so yes so i have to grade this with my c plus average ass zero apples for dean douglas and mr kid but they did earn one full day of detention after that monstrosity thank you cookie thank you're you welcome so well, far, um, these our geniuses are not putting on athletic feats of entertainment. Well, yeah. you guys aren't ready for the third match, then, right? <laughs> Hello, my students. It is I, Matt Striker, your teacher. All right, uh, Tolbert, you here. He is your teacher right now. Tolbert, tell us about Matt Stryker against the Boogeyman. Yes, yeah, so very much like my high school career. Um, I was watching my match as you guys were talking because I came not prepared for class. Um, but yes, this this was in Varn took it easy on me, though. So this was an easy watch. Uh, thank God. Uh, but yes, this is ECW. This is like later years ECW. So this, this is, is the WWECW run, yeah, yeah, which is, is terrible. Right after the merger. Um, so our, our, our first opponent is uh, the Boogeyman. <clears throat> he comes out crawling on all fours like a like a like a panther, like a like a wild cat. Yes. Um, and uh, his thing is uh, he likes to keep earthworms in his mouth, and he, he spits them out slowly as he stands up to reveal uh, his his boogeyness. Uh, yeah. He kind of looks like. Um, if Papa Shango took a lot of steroids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he huge. He, he is definitely, he's a big guy. He's jacked. Uh, he's got his face all painted kind of like uh, like a voodoo warlord type deal. Uh, he's got a flaming, smoking staff. Um, and he foams at the mouth pretty much the whole time he's wrestling. I don't yes. know if it's a slime from the earthworms or something he does, but that's that's his thing. That's his shtick. Guy is ripped, though. Yeah, uh, so... 
uh, so the boogeyman, uh, he, he made a big impact on my, my mid, my mid years of watching professional wrestling because they just fed him to you all the time during those years. Uh, yes, cookie. I, I just want to say, uh, this was a pivotal part of my also childhood. And, uh, we had probably two black wrestlers at this time. You want to talk about representation. It was Bobby Lashley. And the goddamn boogeyman. Well, uh, false. <laughs> false. You had King Booker at this time as well. Because oh, King I love Booker King and the boogeyman had one of the best interactions ever of uh, professional wrestling history. That is also true. That is also true. I apologize. So King Booker and Bobby Lashley, I can hang my hat on. But the boogeyman, I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> I, I could have saw a young cookie putting earthworms in his mouth and running around the house and being like, Bleh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my mom's sending me somewhere to an insane asylum problem. Yeah, yeah child psychology. With Barnum. <laughs> yeah, me and Barnum apparently need to go. Uh, well, the Boogeyman's opponent today is uh, Mr. Matt Stryker. Uh, very uh, underwhelming wrestler, <laughs> in my humble opinion. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, yeah. Um, he comes out, he, sh- he shoots a promo. Uh, Barnum, did he say anything funny in that promo? Because I watched it without sound. Uh, he, so he, he's like... Uh... He was talking about how he is omniscient, which means all knowing. And then he also said that that his friend, Big Daddy V, is omnipotent, which means all powerful. So all he powerful. was he was trying to teach these big vocabulary words for and the whole time. Uh, he's the just losing man. the crowd. He's just yeah. losing yeah, yeah, the crowd yeah. the whole time. They they hate it. So he, he realizes he's gonna have a little trouble with uh, the boogeyman here. So he calls his uh, his friend. Big Daddy V to come out. Um, Big Daddy V looks like if, uh, I don't know, Farouk ate himself. Two <laughs> <laughs> times over. <laughs> very, very large tattooed man. Well, I mean, uh, that's Viscera, baby. That That is Viscera. <laughs> that is Viscera, huh? I didn't recognize yeah, him without the uh, contacts and stuff. Yeah. Jesus, huh? Well, that's where we're at in his career. Uh, so he comes out to... Uh, <laughs> Assist the Matt Striker. He kind of just uh, stands beside the ring, you know, make sure, you know, intimidate the boogeyman a little bit. Uh, we don't get much wrestling in this because Striker is just in and out of the ring. He's just playing mind games with boogeyman. But boogeyman does get some stiff clotheslines, a little couple of little bulldogs. Uh, but the, like I said, the whole time Striker's just running out of the ring trying to lure him out. When he actually does lure him out, he uh, we get the classic chase around the ring. And Big Daddy delivers a massive clothesline to uh, Boogeyman. And then he teases the atomic drop for a while. But we eventually end this match with a countout um, disqualification. And Stryker just goes on and on about how smart he is. And look how smart I am. I avoided the Boogeyman. I uh, am so smart. S-M-R-T. <laughs> S-M-R-T. I am so smart. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, Um you know, wasn't too familiar with the boogeyman. I do definitely remember seeing him from week to week, you know, when I would peek in at ECW. So I uh, had to explain this, this to Mike. Uh, so the boogeyman, maybe his most famous storyline. Um, Jillian Hall was the uh, oh, secretary God. of uh, JBL at the time. And she had this weird growth on her face. It looked like a mole, but it had some like weird stuff to it. And uh, the boogeyman <laughs> ate it off of her face. <laughs> Nice. Oh, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Am I yeah, right? For sure. What a time to be an ECW fan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shall I get to the haiku? Yes, sir. It's a work of art. 
Wait, how the match in? That was it. it. Yeah, yeah, it disqualification. Count yeah, out. Disqualification. Double DQ. Uh, of course. Yep. It was bad. It was uh, It was all of seven minutes. Five. Sounds about right. It was like five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, they just needed a filler before, you know, the next commercial. <laughs> so like, Boogeyman, go out there and look scary. Yeah, they needed a filler before, uh, you know, CM Punk, like original CM Punk came out and all yeah. that stuff. Tore the house down. All right. Striker ain't that smart. The boogeyman's all slimy. Big Daddy looks smart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Our very academic influenced episode of $2 Stake, a pro wrestling podcast. I believe next time we'll try to get back into our, um, our, our regular scheduled programming. Hopefully we will be having a baby on the way soon. I have to figure out how that we are going to be able to fill the void. That is one Chris Tolbert. And we are excited to hear about yeah. that. Um, yes, I'll, I'll just, I'll just hold the baby you know, while we record. <laughs> Great. Uh, Aaron. Um, so what are our options for next week? Please tell me we're not going to do a boogeyman episode. Uh, we, <laughs> we actually, now that you mentioned it, we might do a boogeyman episode, a one, two, three kid episode, or uh, we're not doing a Hulk Hogan episode. So I guess we're going to be doing a one, two, three kid episode next week. It is wow. also Christmas, uh, the week of Christmas next week as well. It, no, no, no. We've got two weeks for Christmas, right? Yeah, we two weeks. So yeah, we've got, yeah. Weeks. So do we need to do our annual Christmas movie marathon? <laughs> is Home Alone 3 included? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I saw a meme this week about Home Alone 2, though, uh, where do, do you remember at the end where Kevin gave her that like the uh, turtle dove, the turtle dove. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And the meme was like, oh, thank you, Kevin. I'm homeless and have nowhere to put this, but I guess I'll put the like, I guess I'll carry this on. <laughs> it's like, what's she going to hang it on a rock? Like, I, I always wondered <laughs> yeah. about that one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that, Kevin. Oh, I watched an, I, I popped the bubble. I forgot to tell you guys. I watched a, a, a classic Christmas movie. Don't worry. I'm not going to say one of the new Home Alones. No Die Hard. Oh, You've never seen Die Hard? Never seen Die Hard. I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of Die Hard 2. Versus Die Hard 2 is good. Yeah. I, I'm fine with Die, Die Hard. Hard is great. I was going to say, it was pretty good. Snape, Snape played a pretty good, uh, I forget his name, Hans Gruber. Hans yeah, Gruber. yeah, yeah. Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers, peace out. A town down. Have a great week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Go rack your dishwasher.